your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. How's that music get you going? Damn. I'm telling you, every time. Yeah. All right. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And joining me today, you heard the voice already, Mr. Kyle Sullivan at Shaggy Von Doom and of here in Puckburg, the podcast where you can talk about your hockey history. So what's up, my man? How you doing? How's it going, Chris? Nice to be back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the off season. There's like just nothing going on. It's it's the dead time. So, uh, but there's there's always stuff you can, you know, scrounge up to talk about. So I figured why not have Kyle on because it's always a joy. I mean, we, we talk all the time off the air anyway, but uh, where conversations go is always enjoyable when you're on. So mm-hmm. thank you for coming on for the 37th time. I have no idea. Yeah, it's 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 pretty close to that. Yeah, yeah it's always yeah. an honor to be here with you, my friend. Love it. Uh, so we're going to get into what do we got? We have Brandon Sod's uh, season grade from last year. Even though he is no longer with the team, he still needs a grade from last season. So we'll get into that. Uh, we're going to look at the Avalanche division as a whole and kind of see. You know, they obviously they are the favorites, but that doesn't mean they're just going to run away with this thing. So. We will uh, look at the division uh, with the – it's a little bit different with the addition of the the Arizona Coyotes. So we'll take a look at that. And then the the Colorado Avalanche Twitter page was throwing up polls left and right today. I, I think they were just bored. <laughs> I think they had nothing <laughs> to do. And they were throwing up just poll after poll after poll. Uh, and, and one of them uh, was kind of fun. And we're going to take that question and kind of answer it for you. I won't spoil it now, but uh, it was m- one of the more. F- they were all pretty fun, but this I thought one. This one caught my my attention, and uh, we'll 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 ask ourselves that and maybe give an answer. And maybe who knows? Maybe it could come to fruition, but doubtful. Why not? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll get to all of that. But first things first. Follow the show on social media outlets: L O P N underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram and send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Lockdown Avalanche at gmail.com and the YouTube page, which is up and running. Uh, just go to YouTube, find Lockdown Avalanche and follow, subscribe, whatever you do over on YouTube. And if you're the type of person that wants to get their show visually, by all means, do it. Appreciate it. So. All right, we are well. First of all, uh, if I, I've had Kyle on since he's he uh, started his podcast, but if for whatever reason uh, you you are you're, you're sure you're familiar with Kyle, but like I said, if the last show you hadn't listened to it, uh, he has dipped his toes into the podcasting world and has a great show over at the Belly Up Network, and uh, give people a a taste of what it is because you listening could be on that show if you so choose. Yeah, absolutely. There, it, um, here in Puckburg is a podcast, um, which I am the host, and it's basically documenting and chronicling and sharing your hockey story. It doesn't matter 
what your role in the game is, no matter what you're a fan of, whether it's the minors, if you're a Colorado Eagles fan um, and you observe the avalanche from afar or vice versa, we want to hear from you. We want to get your stories out there um, because honestly, that's what honestly got my start in podcasting was Chris's uh, Fan Friday segment um, mm. talking about my story about being a hockey fan from Alabama. So um, just all about breaking the barriers where I thought I couldn't be a hockey fan in Alabama. Um, Chris gave me the opportunity to share my story and what, 37 times later on Locked on Avalanche, <laughs> I got yeah. out into the podcasting world. So now it's your turn. Um, yeah. Share your hockey story. Come on here in Puckburg. You can hear stories in our backlog from members of ESPN, the NWHL, documentary uh, filmmakers, Ryan Graves' dad. He was on here yeah. in Buckford. Yeah. Uh, so come on. We would love to hear your story, and you can you can find us over on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> and send us an email. And, and just go listen to the opening song, and you will stay for the rest of the episode. Uh, it's the greatest opening intro out there in podcasting world, hands yeah. down, hands yeah. down. Yeah, so, I, I couldn't go in halfway. My brother uh, pulled a couple strings and some of his musician friends helped uh, cover the DuckTales theme song with hockey lyrics. So love it. it's so good. It's so good. So if that doesn't hook you, uh, I don't know what will for all those old uh, <laughs> Saturday cartoon people. Uh, yeah. All right, man. So um, let's talk about the division first, because, you know, the Avalanche are the favorites again. And, and you know, that, you know, for Avalanche fans, that means nothing right now. They want to see them get out of the second round. Of course, they want to see them get to the cup and win it. Uh, but, th- you know, just because they have a good team and, you know, people are expecting them to do well. It's the best thing about hockey is it's, you know, from top to bottom, you can get beat on any day. Um, the parody is unlike any other sport. So that doesn't mean the Avalanche is just going to to roll through it. I mean, they, they sh- you would think they would finish first in their division um, and have a solid season, an 82-game season. But, uh, you know, there are other teams in this division and throughout the league, obviously, but in the division specifically, that know that. And everybody's going to be hunting for the avalanche, even though they haven't won anything. Uh, people, people gun after the the favorites. So with the avalanche, you have a little bit of a different division this year, thanks to Seattle coming into the league. And that pushes the Arizona coyotes into the central. So it's your familiar faces with Chicago, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg, and now Arizona. Um, what's your take on, you know, who could push the avalanche? Is it a foregone conclusion? The avalanche win this division, um, kind of just, uh, uh, summarize how you think the avalanche will fare in this division. And is it as difficult a division as it's been in the past handful of seasons? Um, yes, the uh, division has gotten a lot more difficult um, with the with everybody trying to keep up with the Joneses when you see what Tampa Bay is doing, how Vegas has been constructed, and what Colorado's been doing in the past couple of years. Everybody is starting to model their team after where they want to be in the future, whether it's a Tampa, Colorado, 
or Vegas. And they're, I mean, you can even go down like all the way down to Winnipeg. There are no slouches this year. Hmm. And contrary to last year, um, where we only played division foes, we play everybody again this year. And it's a full 82 games. And not only do you have to win that division, but you got to stay healthy. And that's a, the Achilles heel, no pun intended, of the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. And how we will fare with 82 games, guess we're going to have to find out. Yeah, that I mean, you can never predict that. You can never predict injuries and, and how many you're going to have. Uh, and for Avalanche fans, it's it's, you know, it could be either or. It could be like, well, we've had injuries the past two seasons. Better prepare for them again. Or it could be, We've had injuries the past two seasons. It can't go on for a third, can it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and any of those could be true. I, I don't know, but I'm comfortable with the Avalanche if they do have as many injuries as they had the past couple of years because they've done okay. Is that what you want to rely on? No, you don't want to rely on injured players, uh, especially specific players. You know, your higher end guys. But for the past couple seasons, you know, the guys that the, the next man up mentality has worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you rely on that again, though? No, I don't. I don't think you want to do that. But you are going to have some injuries. Let's get real. You're not going to get through an 82 game. You're going to get through any season. You're going to get through a 56 game season, clearly uh, unscathed. So I think from the avalanche standpoint, it's like if it happens again, we've proven that we can we can get through it. But. Uh, but clearly, you know, we don't want that to happen. Do you think the the depth of the Avalanche took a hit this offseason? I mean, and Joe Sackick has said, like, last year, this that, that's the deepest team we're going to have. Uh, and he was right. He was right. I think the moves that they made this year, I don't think they're as deep a team. That doesn't mean they're a, a worse off team. But that team, when we look back, I mean, we're looking back now because of, we kind of have our set roster and we're looking back at that roster and saying like, man, he was right. That was our opportunity. What do you think, you know, th- this roster, c- can they can they hold a candle to what that roster was last year? I think the thing that scares me the most on this year compared to the last couple of years is the depth was homegrown in a sense. Um, it was players that we curated through the system or, uh, they filled roles on the team and they flourished Mm. this year. We used those same pieces with their newfound value through the Colorado system and traded them away. And a lot of our depth this year is comprised of depth from other teams. And it, it kind of worries me because I've been so accustomed to how Sakic is, had that homegrown mentality of using the Eagles to fill holes on the sinking ship at times. This year, we're going to have to completely trust on what Joe Sackick sees because a lot of these players, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know a lot of their backstory and what their talents are. So how they match up with Colorado, we'll have to find out. Yeah, it's all the, the cohesion was there with this team and, and, you know, I kind of question why you let a guy like Belmar go. You could have got him for the cheap. You know what I mean? Is, was it his age? Was he just getting up there in age? I don't know, but you, you know what he brings in, in knowing what his role is and you don't have to have that 
like entry period with all these new guys where it's going to take a little while to kind of gel and mesh. Like you wouldn't have that if you kept some of the, so the guys that you let go. Some you can't help Calvert retiring, you know, that you're not, you know, and, and Donskoy going in the drive. Some of the things you can't handle. And I'm not saying Belmar is the make or break player on this roster, but uh, this team is, is something that, you know, they, they, they really get along well together. So I was a little surprised they let him go because, you know, he's not going to be an expensive player. So, yeah, it's losing a lot of those backstories. And like you said, the cohesion with players that we went through ups and downs and COVID bubbles and yeah, two COVID shutdowns with and really bonded and grew together when honestly, that's the only interaction they had for basically the past two seasons was each other. And for that to be broken up and new right. pieces brought in, that's going to be a difficult challenge off the ice is putting them together where it wasn't in the past two years. Yeah. So predicting the the division, I, I think, um, yeah, I think it's a strong division. I think the, the metropolitan division is the, the best yeah. division if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think they're right there. I think the Pacific is probably the weakest, um and you know the i think the atlantic and the central are, are kind of like you know right there neck and neck yeah. central's probably a little bit stronger um but what do you think who i mean you have collar at the top who finishes below them mm-hmm. kind of going down in the division um i mean if you're asking me i i think is, is Minnesota like a one trick pony? Did they just kind of uh, overachieve last year? And then they had a lot of moves uh, in the off season. It'll be interesting to see where they are. Nashville, they kind of ended the year a little bit strong. Can they carry that over? Uh, you know, I think you'd have to put St. Louis right below Colorado. Um, so I, for me, I think it would be Colorado, St. Louis. I, I like Winnipeg. I like what Winnipeg has done. Um, I think they will be there. I think Chicago is improved. Um, that was going to be my second pick. You think Chicago is going to be right behind Colorado? Because I, Minnesota still, to the time of this recording, is having issues signing Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. He's got a deal on the table to go, go back home. Right. It's that bad. And with all the moves and buyouts that Minnesota has been doing, this might be their throwaway year. They might not be what they were last year. Um, so I put them down. Winnipeg, they are improved. St. Louis, I mean, this is back-to-back years of epic meltdowns. So uh, is this their way out? I honestly think with the move Chicago made, I honestly think they might be right there. And they're, mm-hmm. we're going to go back to that Colorado-Chicago rivalry we had a couple yeah. of not too long ago, but I think Chicago will be your second team. Okay. All right. I think they'll be there. I I, I would put them – I do. I just think St. Louis, uh, they just have – I mean, they have talent and, you know, they have experience. So I I just feel like they, they will be there. Um, so I think I would go Colorado, St. Louis. I'd put Chicago at three and then Winnipeg, and then I'd go – is Dallas? I mean, what's up with Dallas? I can't figure mm. Dallas out. 
Uh, Dallas and Nashville, you can replace the logos on the jersey. Dallas and Nashville are about the same place right now as an organization. Yeah. So maybe Minnesota, then Dallas, Nashville, and Arizona bringing up the rear, as they say. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the division. <laughs> yeah, right. It's your first year. Throw, you know, throw them uh, into a division with like Colorado and St. Louis and Winnipeg. So mm. have fun. <laughs> um, all right. But we'll we'll dive deeper into those as the season gets closer. But um, always fun to look at those teams and where they're standing in the division. All right. Let's hear from Bet Online and they'll get to Brandon Saad and his season grade. So betonline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and I had to pull myself away from the Field of Dreams game. Were you watching any of that at all? I I was actually doing some preseason football tonight. Oh, really? Over the Field of Dreams game. Man, that it was it was, it's great. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, let me do this and then we'll talk about the field of dream yeah. just because it, 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 they did a great, great job with it. Uh, but get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and your UFC and MMA action. Head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all of the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep and make their playoff runs. When you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up you will receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on it's bet online your online sportsbook experts all right um yeah i mean i remember where i was the first time i saw uh field of dreams i my, my dad took me i think it was 10 years old when that movie came out and my dad took me <clears throat> to the movie theater and i didn't really know anything about it i don't, I don't remember you know it's not like today where you know, there were no computers then. You didn't go online and go watch the trailer on YouTube. Um, but he's like, oh, we're going to go. It's, it's a movie about baseball. I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never, ever, ever forget, like, the first scene where he's in the cornfield and the voice comes over. And I I, I got – it was, like, creepy to me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a baseball movie? I was expecting, you know, like, major leaguers and stuff like that. And I, I was hooked on it, man. Um. Is it my favorite baseball movie? I think that award goes to the Sandlot, but it is, it is it is right up there. I mean, you have seen Field of Dreams, correct? Because I know there's still people yes. out there that have not seen it. It's my it second. Not. It's my second favorite baseball movie. Two, what? Bull Durham. Oh, so I mean, Kevin Costner again. It's kind Bull of his Durham. wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't like For Love of the Game though. Did not like that one. No, wasn't a no, fan of that. No, so uh, but they did a phenomenal job with this this game. I hope, I hope they do it every year. So if not, there's just now two baseball fields in Iowa that are not getting used if uh, they don't do anything with this. So yeah, we uh, I wanted I saw the pictures and everything that was going on. We actually had a host of ours that his nephew played last week at the Field of Dreams. So I mm-hmm. saw all that going on. I knew the game was tonight. I was just trying to get some fantasy football information week one of uh nfl preseason really any week of nfl preseason is is just unwatchable to me i can't do it it's i'm watching i'm watching acls that's all i'm watching is acls oh god it's so bad but i think the broncos are playing saturday 
I'll throw it on because I haven't seen football in forever, but man, it, it's a struggle to finish a game in the preseason. Yeah. So, um, all right. Brandon sod and his season grade from last year. Um, so up on Twitter, you had 30, we'll round up 34% said a 62% said B 1.4 said C and then 2.8, like 3% said D or F. So, uh, you know, Miko Rantanen had D or F. So there's always some funny people out there, but hmm. I don't know how you sleep at night. That's so <laughs> congratulations. 2% uh, you're not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're running to all their friends. Look what I did on Twitter, bro. So <laughs> good for you. Um, so B wins it 62% overwhelming. Um, and th- th- the thing that really just twists the knife here is when I go to, uh, his, uh, his stats, I went to the Colorado avalanche.com to get their stats and they're all listed there. And then when I click Brandon sod, it brings me to the St. Louis blues website now, which that stings a little bit, but, oh, um, no, no. So sod last year, 44 games played. 15 goals, nine assists for 24 points. Uh, he was a plus plus one only, which is a little bit surprising. But and I know that doesn't tell the whole story, but whatever. Um, he excelled in the playoffs. Ten games played, seven goals, a lone assist for eight points, plus minus of plus three. Uh, yeah, he he was he had a postseason where you were like Avalanche have to bring him back. Like if you know he stepped up. Kadri wasn't there. Um, and we're talking about the next man up mentality who in the playoffs anyway, you can, uh, and, and, and putting out these polls for these season grades, so many people were commenting on almost every player that I knocked him down a peg because he didn't have a good postseason. He, that Brandon sides, like the one guy you can't do that for. He yeah. had a really, really good postseason, And, um, I was happy when the avalanche traded for him. I thought that was a really good deal. Yeah. And yeah, you know, he only had one season left. So you're always running that risk of him not signing. Clearly he didn't. Um, I think the Avalanche are going to miss him. I think they're going to miss him a lot. I thought he had a really good season. I would agree with the B grade. Um, but what's your take on Saad? Uh, we've mentioned it many, many times when it comes to analyzing players. The players that their c- contributions don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, the picture in the dictionary next to the definition is Brandon Saad. Hmm. Um, that plus one, um, I mean, that's, you kind of expect it. He's always out there. He's always, um, off screen. Um, the way he handles things, his, and when, uh, his playoff performance, I mean, it's just even more of an example to that. He could turn it on when he needs to, but he knows his role on the team and he masters that role. And, he will be missed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if St. Louis can optimize his potential, which is going to be sad because I'd hate to see him fizzle out in St. Louis. Right. But he fit in so well with what Colorado was doing. He's definitely going to be missed and definitely a B last year. Yeah, it took him a little while to get going. Um, let me get back to his stats for you know the, the whole season. Because, let's see, he scored 
in his third game. That first game, game number one against St. Louis at the Avalanche lost. You remember that? Like that second line was horrid. He was a yeah. minus four. I think Kadri was a minus four and Burakovsky. I think they were like a minus 10 for as yeah. a second line. Or Sounds stadium. about right. Yeah. And so it's like, oh my God, like, could you get off to a worse start? Uh, no. And then it took him a little while to get going. But once he did, uh, he he was consistent. He was mm-hmm. a very consistent player. So I think, you know, he had to just get used to the Avalanche style of play. This goes back to what we were just talking about with all these new guys coming in for the Avalanche. You know, Brandon Saad took a little while to get going. Yeah. When you have guys that are playing, you know, bottom six, is that are they going to take a little bit even longer to get going and get acclimated to the Avalanche style of play? Remains to be seen, but it's a question that needs to be asked. So I I don't know. Yeah, and that's that's what scares me about all these uh new bottom six fillers that we acquired. Mm-hmm. Um Brandon Sod is of a different talent. Uh, he's a different talent level. And a lot of these guys, you gotta really do your uh hockey DB to figure out these guys. I wonder if trying to fit in and learn the system and the bright lights and staring on the bench with McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog, and you got McCarr to your right. I wonder if that's intimidating and puts people in their shell. And yeah, you said it. We're going to miss Brandon Sod, and I think it's moments like that. Um, I think we're going to miss him the most. Yeah. It seemed like they were there on money, um, but they were not there on term. Um, And the Avalanche are very cautious of how much term they're giving out because, you know, it's, it's revolving around Nathan McKinnon. Uh, they are they are not going to chance anything. They they have a plan with what they are going to pay him or what they're going to offer him, I should say. And it you know, you're gonna sign guys like Landeskog and you're gonna sign guys like Makar. Those are guys you don't no. let go. Brandon Saad, while you want him here, uh, you're not gonna lose Nathan McKinnon or or not be able to offer what you want Nathan McKinnon because you've given Brandon Saad too much in terms of term or dollar amount yeah it's it's evident i mean we talked about it before the season was over this flat cap is going to be a problem and brandon saw is just a victim of that like it it completely shaped the seattle kraken draft like how it was so different from the vegas draft because they didn't go out there and go flashy ron francis had to draft cheap because that cap is going to be a problem yeah and that's what the avalanche are running into they have to sign their essential pieces and the pieces that you'd like to have, you might not be able to keep. And that's the growing pains we have to learn with this salary cap. And Brandon mm-hmm. Saad's a victim of that. Yeah. Um, getting to the comments, you have uh, Jordan at AvsFan2909. The Saad father gets a B from me. I think he had a good season. He seemed to provide good leadership and character in the lineup on and off the ice. He fit in well with the team offensively and provided quality scoring scoring depth. It's too bad he only had one season with us. Connor Hassenstab, which is at Connor Hassen T2. He's been my favorite player for a while. I think he brought some veteran leadership to us and became an absolute beast in the playoffs. I think um, the playoffs would tell a much more negative story without him. Yeah. Kind of what we were saying. He's the one guy you could say like had a really good off season. And then at Zen 
I don't know, Zen Viat, I guess. Um, I gave him a B. He's a good, solid player and wasn't with the team all year, but you could feel the difference he made going to miss him for sure. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Connor McGahee's going to miss his sad father calls too. So yeah, that's too bad. So, and he had to go to a division rival. Like, come on, Brandon. Yeah. No better than that. Where's your loyalty after one year to the avalanche? Come on. We got him from Chicago. That's true. That's true. <laughs> In a trade though. In a trade. So that's yeah, true. That true. He, he chose to go to St. Louis. He's, he's right. just comfortable. He's comfortable in the division. In the division, I guess so. Um, all right. We are going to hear from Rock Auto. And with the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available to your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Also brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And they have many delicious flavors to choose from. There is something for everybody, such as coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. I got an email saying the peanut butter brownie was back. Hold hey. up. There we go. So that's a limited time flavor. So you might want to get in on that. Now, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of nine flavors of your choice. Uh, and not only are they great tasting, but they are healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180, 80, only, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. So go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code. What is it? Locked 15. There we go. And you will get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is locked one five at builtbar.com. All right, so we said in the beginning the Avalanche were throwing up uh, polls left and right. It's poll day in Avalanche world. And one of the questions they put up, I, I, I'll try to find it while we're talking about it, because I'm literally, they put up so many. Uh, I might be scrolling for, for hours trying to find uh, this one in particular. But the one that they put up is, you know, uh, Eric Johnson has horses. And he names his, here we go. No, that's not it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, you go back so far. He names his, do you have it or no? I'm working on it. Working okay. On it. Um, he names his horses after, I got it here, after avalanche players. So we know there's a uh, Landeskog out there. There's a McKinnon out there. Um, is there, I don't, I, those are the only two that I know of. Maybe he's got another, I don't know. I don't follow horse racing all that closely. But they put a poll question up. Who should EJ name his next horse after? And the options were Makar, Gerard, or Nachuskin. Not Nuke, which I think Nuke would be much better. But he's yeah. not naming them after nicknames. He's just naming them after last names. Uh, Makar won 
with four. They all they all got votes. Forty nine percent for McCarr, twenty percent for Gerard, thirty one percent for Nachuskin. Uh, so that's the question I'm throwing to you, sir. It doesn't have to be last names. It can be anything Avalanche related. What would you want Eric Johnson to name his next horse? Something Colorado Avalanche. If it is a last name, it's a last name. But if it's something in Avalanche history, what could it be? See, this I is got just, two of them. When I saw this, I was thinking about that earlier. Like this could be the one way that uh, Adam Deadmarsh finally gets some real notoriety. So just name it Deadmarsh. Name it Deadmarsh. That's cool. Uh, it's a super cool horse name. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So I, I was thinking outside of just last names and just thinking of things that, you know, in avalanche history. And one is what, what's the one thing on the avalanche uniforms that everybody misses and wish they would bring back the Yeti foot. Where's the Yeti foot. That's the name of the horse. There you go. That's where's the, where's the Yeti foot is it's right over here. There you go. Yeah. Where's the Yeti foot? Yep. Where's the Yeti foot? And, and just, I mean, come on. Like, there, there's horses with ridiculous names out there. That fits in with the name of a horse. Where's the and, Yeti and, foot? And think of, you know, the announcer and just saying, where's the Yeti foot? <laughs> where's the Yeti foot by a mile? 18 lengths behind. <laughs> <laughs> where's so, the Where's the Yeti foot? <laughs> I, I let you. <laughs> So I like, where's the Yeti foot? And then I also think, well, maybe there's three of them. And they're both Gary Thorne calls. Ooh. So fakes it, takes it. Should be a horse name. And then the last one is, and it would be called, end after 22 years. Oh, yeah. Come on. I should be a horse namer. How do you get that job? What like who comes up with hor- these horse names? I guess I look on LinkedIn. I guess <laughs> you can, might can the, find it. Is it the? Uh, I mean, I get. Would the is the owner? Can they come up with their own names? That they you would have to think. But if they can't, if they don't care, is there somebody employed by whatever the governing body of horse racing is that is responsible for naming horses? I just reach out to EJ. Be like, hey, bud. How you doing? Mm, yeah, telling it. Uh, how, like, where's the Yeti foot, man? <laughs> where's the Yeti foot? Ooh, you know what? Name name a horse, McNichols, McNichols Arena. Ooh, McNichols. I like it. I mean, it's it's a barn yeah. that we often forget about, but that's where the Avs got their start. And I mean, what better way to throw it back to the Avs glory days than what about McNichols? this? What about this? Rocky Mountain Extreme. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it got shut down in the end, so oh. it gets it gets its due by a horse being named after it. Rocky Mountain Extreme. We can't have that name win anything. <laughs> we really can't. <laughs> My grandfather was was big into horse racing; like he owned horses. My grandfather. Did. Wow. Um, they ran up at Saratoga and stuff like that, and uh, he always told me. When, when, if you're betting on a horse, you, there's three factors that you, you look at always bet on the white horses, the white or gray horses, 
always bet on the horses that have in their name something to do with God <laughs> because they, <laughs> they have that backing them <laughs> and watch them when they're coming out uh, and bet on the horse that takes a crap because they're a little bit lighter. And if you get all three of those things, bet the mortgage on it because it's a, it's a home run that that horse is going to win. So white God crap. You hear that, EJ? There's your name. <laughs> White God crap. <laughs> There's your name, EJ. Oh, God. You I heard it we, here. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we've come up with the next half dozen horse names for uh, Eric Johnson. I really like Where's the Yeti Foot, though. I think that's a... Where's the Yeti the Foot is awesome. That's solid. I think that's got to be the next one, so... All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Locked on Horse Racing is wrapping up, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it for this week. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully, there's some hockey avalanche news going on. Doubtful because we are in the slow period. So uh, maybe some Marvel what if we'll talk about next week. I don't know. I'll have you on though. Maybe maybe Friday will be like your your spot here in the off season if you want to do that. Hey, I'm down. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in today and each and every day. It's always appreciated. Go follow Kyle at Shaggy Von Doom and his here in Puckburg podcast and shoot him a DM if you want to be on it. Talk yeah. about your hockey history. It's a lot of fun. So, New episodes every Saturday morning. Replacing the Saturday morning cartoons. You betcha. Is Shaggy Von Doom. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's always a pleasure. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Go, Abs, go.